Hi, I'm Al Cresta, and we continue conversation. Today, we have time with Dr. Paul Patton. Paul uh, and I go way back. Uh, <laughs> I really look to Paul as the one who opened doors for me time and again in the pastorate and also in the world of broadcasting, and uh, it's my great delight to have him with me today. Uh, he and uh, his colleague, Dr. Robert Woods, have uh, worked together to really offer a, a Christian critique of pop culture. And we'll talk, we'll do, do all the definitions of what pop culture is and some key phrases that they use in their uh, analysis. But one of the things I love about the book that uh, they wrote together, Everyday Sabbath, How to Lead Your Dance with Media and Technology in Mindful and Sacred Ways, what I love about it is that Paul and Robert... Uh, aren't just college professors. Uh, Paul is now Professor Emeritus at Spring Harbor University, but he's also uh, a playwright, uh, 30 published plays. He's also a consumer of pop culture, and uh, he has spent years uh, teaching uh, in the field of communications and media to uh, undergraduates at Spring Harbor University. So he has got a, a a unique vantage point, it seems to me, because he's not only somebody who critiques what's out there, but he produces it, and he also consumes it, and then he shares it with students as well. Paul, it's good to have you with me. Great to yeah. be here, Al. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for the invitation. This book, I had the chance to write uh, a preface for. Thank you. And I, I, Great. Uh, I, it's really a book of discipleship. It seems to me this is, it is. It takes discipleship seriously and looks at one particular sphere yeah. of our life in this world, and that's the area of pop culture. Sure, sure. So why don't we just begin with some definitions? When we say pop culture, yeah. what are we talking yeah, about? Yeah. Um, well, it's uh, popular uh, culture. Culture is, uh, from a theological perspective, biblical perspective, is is the way what we do with our opportunities in the garden called our life. Uh, uh, the popular culture would be uh, the films, the television shows, the videos, uh, anything that can be ex- accessed uh, 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 massively. Um, to the to, to the uh, to the culture in general, and is described as as popular. Yeah. You don't have to have all kinds of training to appreciate, like you would have to in certain kinds of art forms, uh, higher cultural art forms, like uh, like ballet and and and, and orchestra music. Yeah. Uh, if you, if you don't have the training, you don't you don't have to have a lot of training to appreciate, for instance, big time wrestling. <laughs> you know, right. Right. Uh, you don't have to have a lot of training to enjoy Heckle and Jekyll, the cartoon that we used to enjoy as, as kids. So and the popular uh, uh, pop culture is what's almost immediately accessible even to the untrained. It's something that's that's massively accessible, uh, and oftentimes with the push of a button, yep. uh, 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 the push of a remote, and, and we, can, we can appreciate it. Uh- Baby boomers had television, yeah, exactly, radio, exactly, comic books, exactly, uh, novels, exactly. exactly. Uh, now we've got yeah. uh, not only the internet but all forms of social media. Sure, and so we are surrounded by pop culture yeah. today yeah. in ways that we weren't. 
yeah, uh, yeah. a generation ago. Exactly. exactly. And uh, given that we're called by Christ uh, to you know uh, turn all of our areas of life over to Him. Yeah, exactly. This is a field that really we need to think critically about yeah, as Christians. No, no question. No question. Um, there are some people who would say, "We'll just shut it all down." Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Uh, is that even possible? Well, I, I, let, let me let me say this at this point: that every communication technology in human history has has been controversial. Even uh, uh, um, Plato's uh, Phaedra, uh, where he where he basically quotes Socrates as saying, "Look at writing uh, is not good for general the general populace. It 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 it, it is." Um, uh, uh, not good in its discrimination. It's it's it doesn't uh, represent well two people communicating live. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and even for instance, uh, several millennium later, when uh, the Gutenberg press was printed, that was controversial too, yes. particularly to people who were winning uh, pri- in the cultural systems prior to its invention. Yeah, it's right. true of, of of any communication technology. But what's happening in our culture now is that these new communication technologies are coming on so fast and on top of each other, we're still having a, a difficult time adjusting. Yeah, yeah. And uh, th- these uh, these different devices that yeah, we have, these yeah. different forms of social media, uh, actually shape the nature of our communication. No question. So no question. I, it's, um, you know, email. Uh, I still remember when email was new. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. now... Uh, Rarely do I get an email from my uh, younger kids. Never from my grandkids. Yeah, sure, sure, I get texts. You get different and, different and, kinds and of I don't, and communication I don't do technologies. In, yeah, and I, I don't do Instagram yeah, exactly. or Twitter myself. <laughs> but I'm sure that that's, they'd be using that as well. And that then, it's, it's, I think it's an important point to make. And, and you and Robert make it so well in the book. The media we use changes the nature of the relationship. So a text, you can't do with a text what you can do with an email. Sure. And you really, it's hard to do with an email what you used to be able to do in a real letter. Sure, exactly. They, they exactly. have a different feel. Exactly. Um, doesn't exactly. mean they're bad, it just means you better learn how to use them. Let me give you an example of how this can happen as well with people who are uh, more accessible and more adept at the newer technologies. I've had to tell my students when I had assigned them, okay, the next two weeks you have to write a postcard every day of appreciation to somebody who has contributed significantly <laughs> to your letter. And I have students who say, help me, you know, they, they, they'll, they'll address it on the wrong side. Yeah. I have to show yeah. them how to write the postcard because they, they've never done it before. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Exactly. That's, that's, uh, that's as, so true. And as they have to help me with the new technologies. Yeah. I used to teach uh, pop culture for several years, which was the basis of many, many, many of the book uh, uh, portions. And I, the, the students used to get a kick out of introducing me to new communication technologies that I had, you know, I just was not adept at. And they'd <laughs> see me get all excited, and so they'd get all excited. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, what you do in the book is give people a way of approaching yeah. pop culture yeah. rather than um, I mean there is a time to fast from it uh, yeah. but but rather than negate it or deny it you try to go at it in a way that allows Christians to uh, retain the lordship of Christ yeah, exactly. in these areas exactly um, 
talk to me first about what you call sacred intentionality. Okay. Well, I, I would start by saying a, a person uh, can't call something a distraction, a pop cultural artifact, as a distraction unless they know what it is that they're being distracted away from. Yeah. And Very that's good. one of the earliest things I do. I did with students in teaching the pop culture class that is associated mm-hmm. with some of the principles of the book. Um, how do you know uh, when you're being distracted, and what is it that you're being distracted away from? When I would press students, most of them could not articulate what they were distracted away from in their and I'll just use an extreme example the binges that they would have when I when I'd ask them how long are you spending on your screen how long are you spending scrolling how long are you spending looking for something and you know what it is when you see it yeah. uh, that certainly beats the three-dimensional uh, accessibility with other people that you might have and um, Overwhelming percentage of the times, Al, my students and, and, and people that I talk to and audiences that I talk to will articulate that, they, 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 that this is a new thought for them. They're just so used to the distractions related to pop culture uh, and the, the tsunami-like invitations to, be, to, to do something else, to watch another story. Um, uh, <clears throat> to leave the three-dimensional responsibilities that you have by engaging in a screen. And and most of my students and most of the people I talk to, first off, uh, admit after going through a variety of exercises that they're addicted, no question. And that that their self-justification systems, they're not even that familiar with as they're responding to their three-hour, four-hour, five-hour binges. Um, I have college students who are spending more time in front of their screen than, and they will admit, uh, in, their, in their academic responsibilities. Wow. Yeah. This is, okay, why is that? In other words, what is it about the nature of the medium? And again, it varies because... Sure. Uh, I mean, I, I'll give you an example from my own experience. Uh, this goes way back. So, yeah. Internet. Internet yeah. is still fairly new, yeah. Yeah, at least sure. to me. Sure. Uh, mid-90s, mm-hmm. I'm using it. Mm-hmm. And I want to look up a guest that I can use for the program. Sure, sure, sure. And uh, it have to do with the Exodus. Yeah. And I wanted somebody who had familiar with the archaeological yeah. evidence yeah. for the Exodus. And I came across a guest at Wheaton College. Yeah, sure. And so I looked at, I said, oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah, that's the place they have the Marion Wade Center there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's where they have this archive yeah, of yeah, Lewis and yeah. Tolkien. Let me see how, how big it is and what they've got. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Yeah. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, Lewis's book, The Four Loves. I had to read that yeah. uh, when I was a student at Michigan State for a class called Psychology of Love and Discipline. So who was that teacher? That, oh, Marion Kinjay. Exactly. So, exactly. Uh, you know, she was a student of Carl Rogers. I wonder if she ever wrote anything on that. So now I'm over to Michigan State <laughs> looking for faculty CVs, you know? It is, it and, is an amazing <laughs> resource, no question. No and question. It just keeps going and going yeah, yeah, exactly, and going exactly. until finally uh, I'm back looking at newspaper uh, stories from 1954. 55-56 when a little girl in Mamogwin, East Haven, Connecticut was murdered because hmm. she was in my sister Lynn's class. Wow. So, uh, all the way back. Now, it, the, every step along the way is, is very funny. Yeah, um, sure, sure. But I don't do that anymore. I, yeah. I've actually stopped yeah. because yeah. it's, you can just go down rabbit trail after sure, rabbit trail. Sure, sure, sure. And 
that's just internet, what we used to call cruising yeah, of the yeah, internet, exactly, right? Exactly. Um, so social media, various types of social media are, are different. Uh, people respond immediately. You get a text. It's, you see a text. You feel like you ought to do something about it right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I would also say regarding um, the the fact that 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 people are are perpetually direct, uh, uh, distracted uh, uh, and not even knowing it. Uh, any emotional agitation, especially boredom, I found. Yeah. is what prompts us to to get lost in our screens and get lost in every uh, uh, tsunami-like invitation to be distracted by a pop culture artifact, be it big-time wrestling, be it this wonderful movie that has beautifully aesthetic principles or this piece of trash that might just uh, 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 be scintillating but, but sinful. Well, hold it there. I'll have to take a break right now. We'll come back on the other side. My guest, Dr. Paul Patton. Good afternoon, I'm Al Presta Sharing with you a conversation I had Part of a video podcast I did with Dr. Paul Patton Of Spring Arbor University Let's pick up on the conversation is the avoidance of boredom a strong motivator? Uh, well, uh, what happens is when you have a uh, the rural-urban shift that we've had in, yeah. over the last 200 years, where, you know, you're looking at 150 years ago, if you were raised on a farm, you wouldn't tell your parents that you were bored because they'd send you out to the field. That's an immediate, <laughs> yeah. immediate uh, uh, yeah. answer uh, to, to your boredom. But now in, in the post-modern uh, uh, shift, shall we say, what we're, what dominates us is we're not sure what to do next, which is, which is clearly the indication of many, many people when they're not under the auspices of a, an immediate boss. Yeah. So what do I do? What do I do when there's nothing to do? Uh, well, generally what, what I, I find is, that, and I find that, uh, to, to, I, I call it resignation viewing, when there's nothing else to do. And we talk about that in the book. And I try to get the readers and the audiences and my students to be able to identify when they're distracted, what is your self-justification for that distraction? Is it resignation viewing? There's nothing else to do. Yeah. Is it is it uh, reward viewing? I've earned this pause. I've earned this you know, three hours of entertainment. I've worked hard all day. I can ignore my kids. I can ignore my wife and sit in front of my mm. screen. Yeah. Uh, or is it um, uh, relief viewing? I need this rest. I've yeah. had tension all day. So all of these are rationales for why we spend so much time in front of our screens, spend so much time engaged in, in, in popular culture. And by the way, I, I ask people in the book to be, be able to identify these three categories, resignation, relief, and, and, and reward viewing, just to be able to know your own rationale for your patterns what you're with telling pop yourself. culture. What are yeah. you telling yourself? Yeah. And oh, by the way, the self-justification systems, what you're telling yourself, that's what the prophets always confronted, yeah. whether it's self-justifications of empires and emperors yeah. or, or uh, 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 are the rich and, and the poor. What's, what's your self-justification system? Be able to be alert to it because prior to prompting this question with my students, I would ask them, why were you spending so much time uh, uh, on, your, uh, on your device? There was nothing else to do. I, I, I've been wanting to ask, though, do, are they even aware that 
this is a problem. I mean, you're asking them well, 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 that to, to, to yeah. go. These are moments that they have. And I, I would imagine some of them would say, what do you expect me to do? Well, uh, prior to even that, uh, I, uh, that, that, that assignment to identify your rationale to uh, uh, the, the, the self-justification, self-justifying rationale as to why you're involved in your screen when you have other work to do. Prior to that, I, I would even start to ask my students, okay, start in your a journal to be to start recording how much time you're spending on your device, how much time you're spending on okay. your phone, how much time you're spending in front of a screen, and then they become aware of it. And of course, like any other addict, yeah. they're going to minimize because yeah. I'll ask them to project how much time, and it's always less than when they do the day-to-day work of recording how much time they're spending with pop culture. They're actually surprised. Yeah, they're yeah. actually surprised, and this uh, is this is the the, the common uh, the common. Reaction of any of any addiction, yeah. we have a tendency to minimize its its hold, minimize the time we're spending because it's part of our self justification system. You're, at Spring Arbor, you're dealing with largely Christian students. Well, yeah, mostly mostly um, uh, mostly people who've been raised in a Christian home. Yeah, and in fact, what I find is that the schools' um, uh, restrictions on some of what they can expose them themselves to in terms of pop culture and media, their homes are more liberal. Oh, like if they're having any difficulties with pornography, for yeah. instance, yeah. Um, uh, it's 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 harder at home than it is at school because there are certain kinds of of, uh, of connections that they can't make at that at Christian school. university yeah. because they've yeah. been turned off. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How conscious are the students? And I know it varies from student to student, but generally, how conscious are they that they have a responsibility before God yeah. to redeem the time? That exactly. They have, yeah. you yeah. know, this is, this is what they are given to steward properly. Exactly. As, as Ken Myers said uh, several decades ago in his book, uh, All God's Children in Blue Suede Shoes, the most significant question raised by pop culture is what's the uh, the best way to spend yeah. discretionary time. And that's something that most of the, my college students hadn't really thought through. Um, how is it that, uh, what's the best way to spend their time? The, the people that have the easiest time in managing uh, wisely, their time are the athletes. Why? It's because they're they're spending so much time in, in at practice and in rehearsals. Uh, they don't have as much discretionary time as, as everyone else. Yeah. Uh, and so they're they're more aware that that I have to decide wisely in light of the responsibilities of my game, the responsibilities academically. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you have a number of devices in the book that help. Yeah. Uh, Readers uh, yeah. again uh, approach these issues as disciples of Christ. Yeah, exactly. Talk to us about the device, the dance, the idea of the dance. Yeah, yeah. And there are different types of dances here. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, the dance with pop culture, that's a dominant metaphor of the book. Is, uh, and why, why we bring it up is that you can, we, we would assess that we cannot not dance with pop culture. Right. Even if you're going to turn off your television, uh, let go of all of your devices, you're still going to be driving down an expressway and seeing billboards. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah. with, with models and 
inviting you to to look like them yeah. and and to be happy like them. And we're going to be influenced by uh, a variety of pop cultural uh, 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 patterns. Uh, the reason I say a dance, and we we describe it in the book, is that the pop culture as a dance partner is ready twenty four seven to drag you onto its <laughs> right. dance floor and to take you uh, places that might be redemptive and, and wonderful, aesthetically pleasing and fine, or things that are detrimental to your spiritual health. And, uh, and um, uh, the dance partner is, you, 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 how, how do you make sure that that engagement is something redemptive, is something, is something that's going to be a, a, a good uh, a use of your, of your time? Um, uh, we're going to dance, but are we dancing redemptively? Yeah. Uh, that's that's the major question we're we're asking. Okay. Yeah. Um, you also have this uh, triple uh, device here of sacred intentionality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sacred identity. Yeah. Okay. And, and sacred interior. Yes. So why don't we talk a little bit about that? Because yeah. intentionality is—it's a—it's a word that uh, has become more and more common. Yeah, but yeah. It, it really does mean uh, what we all have experienced, and that yeah. is, we don't let something arrest our attention. We, in fact, direct our attention. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Whatever gets your attention uh, gets you, yeah. as has been said. <laughs> that's right, okay. yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's, uh, that's a significant importance. Uh, being able, what, what we say in the book is trying to get the reader to, to be more uh, alert as to uh, uh, what is it that's grabbing their attention and why. Um, uh, uh, what it is that, uh, that you're wanting to remember and why. Why? Uh, uh, what is your rationale behind your your engagement, your dance with pop culture, uh, related to, for instance, uh, I- intentionality? Uh, we talk about uh, uh, how. Um, there are a variety of different dances, and generally what happens with people is, is they're in a default mode uh, that is uh, entert- entertain me alert. Um, everything else can take a secondary place. Uh, <coughs> um, that kind of that kind of dance, but there are other dances that we're trying to encourage people as it relates to the lordship of Christ and sacred intentionality uh, that we're trying to get them uh, to ask uh, other dances, uh, a family and friend dance. Instead of the the default mode of being, how can I be entertained in my uh, emotionally uh, agitated self, particularly boredom? Uh, what are some alternative dances that people can train themselves to get in the habit of thinking first prior to this default mode of entertainment. It might be an artistic um, athletic dance. Uh, I'm, I'm an athlete, and my, but my coach isn't always over, you know, the, the athlete says. Um, maybe the, the reaction right now when you're sitting in your dorm room or you're sitting in your living room is maybe I need to get some exercise physically. Maybe I need to work on my art, be it uh, the, the, my, my garden art, my visual art, my um, uh, 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 <clears throat> uh, performance art of anything. Uh, uh, that might be the dance that you're to, to be engaged 
engaged in. So it might also be a, a, a ministry dance. Um, what are the ministries that I could be involved in? Who are the people that I could call? What are the letters that I could write? Who are the people in the hospital that I could visit today yeah. when I'm not sure what to do with my time? And by the way, when this was introduced to students, they just lit up. They did. They just lit up. I mean, in terms of getting into the habit of thinking of alternatives, alternative dances to the dominant one that is part of our culture, this dance with pop culture. Another one is um, uh, uh, a family friend dance. Basically, most of us, when we're thinking about Jesus telling, uh, if you know, if 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 your brother sins against you, go and point out his sin. All right, mm-hmm. that right out of Matthew 18. Um, but I, I say to my students and audiences, really, the people that you have to trust is eight to twenty people. Yeah. Yeah. And if they say or do something that hinders your ability to trust them, you have to tell them about the breakage of trust. Um, that's 8 to 20 people that are part of your circle. So that I'm saying to audiences, I'm saying to my students, every day you're thinking about one of those 8 to 20 people that you have to trust and how you can build them up with a letter, with an email, with a call. That's another dance. It's called family and friend Dance. What can I do? Another one would be a ministerial dance, as I mentioned. Another one would be um, uh, uh, different uh, spiritual disciplines dance, uh, including them all and not obliterating, uh, but having uh, context and uh, a proper percentage of your time spent with pop culture. Because we were made to be uh, experiencing Sabbath. Yeah. And, and, and that's the ideal. We, we, we need to rest. So Again, the idea of Sabbath is critical yeah, to exactly. understanding no question. what you're doing. No here. question. And Paul, we're going to have to take a rest here. Uh, come back on the other side of the break and continue conversation with Dr. Paul Patton, taking a look at how we can live in the Sabbath that God has provided for us in the midst of a very chaotic pop culture and uh, online universe. Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta, sharing with you a conversation I had, part of a video podcast I did with Dr. Paul Patton of Spring Arbor University, about learning to live with the idea of Sabbath in the midst of a very uh, pushy, relentless, chaotic popular culture, which is mediated to us, of course, through the Internet and through social media. Let's pick up on the conversation. Sabbath is something, uh, as pop culture is relentless, it's always available, it's always beckoning. Exactly. The principle of Sabbath is a principle of resistance to that. No question. Uh, Walter Brueggemann is very, very, very clear on that. But uh, but part of the draw of that that's constant is they, uh, as 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 who is it? Les Brown said in the 1960s. He was a television commentator and cultural analyst. He said the objective of 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 mass media oftentimes in the society is to introduce you to an advertiser, and oftentimes those advertisers can just make you feel agitated because you're not as handsome or beautiful as that model. You're not as happy. As, as their smiling face, and yet that's that's another thing we have to recognize. What happens when advertising just beats us up for not being prettier and better yeah. athletically yeah. And, and, and better in the area of business? Uh, what happens? We become better purchasers when we're agitated, and that's what oftentimes uh, what the advertisement will yeah. do. Yeah, it's in their best interest to keep you off balance Absolutely. so you can reach out for their product yeah. to stabilize you. Magic buying, yeah. magic buying yeah. it's called. Yeah. Yeah. 
You talk about divided life spirituality. Yeah. And um, you, you, use, uh, you start off the chapter talking uh, about a farmer who yeah. looks up into the sky and sees cloud formations. Yeah, uh, yeah. GPC. The yeah. clouds form GPC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, must mean go preach Christ. Go preach Christ, yeah. And he gets, he's excited about it. He yeah. talks to his family. He talks to his local church. And, you know, they want to encourage him. So yeah. they give him the opportunity sure, to sure. preach on a Sunday night. Sure. He goes ahead and he preaches. He's absolutely terrible. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> nobody can follow him. Exactly. Can't comprehend what he's saying. He doesn't know when to stop. He's yeah. got people there for an hour and a half late. Sure. And so the deacon board says afterwards, uh, well, you know, my friend, um, how do you think it went uh, tonight? Yeah. Yeah. And he said, well, I, I, it was my first time and all that. But one of the deacons, older deacon, says to him, you know, you saw GPC in the sky. Maybe it was go plant corn. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> so, exactly. Um, this guy had the idea that to be spiritual was to go preach Christ. Yeah, exactly. When in exactly. fact, his responsibility was to plant corn. To plant corn, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. And our responsibility as people made in God's image uh, is, to, is to cultivate our capacity to love sacrificially, to love God as he has called us to love others. And um, I would also say that um, if I could talk briefly about uh, sacred uh, interiority. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that has helped the students who admit, and 99% of the students come out of the exercises in the book recognizing their addictive patterns. In fact, some of them since 2007 with the invention of uh, Facebook, Facebook and, yeah. and social media, some of them as they're, uh, as they're invited to do a fast away from their favorite media for a week, they come out of it and they say with handshaking. I went a week without uh, looking at my Facebook feed first thing in the morning because I wanted to try some other alternative dances. I spent a week spending more time gauging the time that I was spending. I'm trying to lessen it, and sometimes they come out handshaking. But they come out always recognizing that there's more to life than just responding immediately to their entertainment impulses. You've taught for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Do you see... That uh, students today are less articulate, less able to write, uh, well, this shorter attention spans. I mean, people make these claims now yeah, and then, yeah, but yeah. I'm just curious to know I, I if you've seen I, anything I like that. Seen, I haven't seen huge lines of demarcation that okay. would indicate that uh, you know after this uh, year, students are less attentive. Right. One of the things I do, uh, and I, when I'm lecturing, when we're presenting in classes, help students understand that look, at, you've got to communicate to your professor and to others that you're listening. Um, but one of the things that I'm finding, and what the book does, is, is, is it's attempting to help people understand their addictions and how to transcend them. Yeah. And the, the second one, uh, uh, sacred interiority, being aware that, you know, knowing that everything you're to be doing is to be representing the Lordship of Christ. What does it mean to call Jesus Lord of your mass media engagement? Uh, sacred uh, intentionality, but also we talk about in the book sacred interiority. Uh, A lot of students are saying, what should I do? Uh, What do I think about when I don't have anything to think about? Well, it's because they don't have any any kind of memorization program over a lifetime that that helps 
redeem their moments. And so I, I say to them, look at, uh, quoting Abraham Joshua Heschel, uh, uh, inspiration passes, having been inspired never passes. In other words, if you can retrieve what you've memorized yeah. on command as circumstances invite you to redeem it, you have an oasis uh, of the mind wherever you need it. And so uh, what has happened, uh, and, and this is related to our dance with pop culture, uh, we live in a culture that assumes you don't have to memorize anything, including right. your phone number. You can just look it up. But what we say is basically it's seven seconds too late. If, you know, what the circumstances generally require is something uh, to be retrieved, to redeem it in the moment. Uh, and again, I'm asking st students all the time and audiences all the time, what is it that moved you? What is it today that inspired you? Be a steward of your uh, inspirational encounters, be it a verse from the Bible, be it a saying of Christ, be it a saying of one of the church fathers, uh, be it uh, a, a, a quote. Give me an example. Yeah. When I left the pastorate at uh, Trinity in uh, 1993, I was no longer getting paid for writing strictly B-minus sermons, and I'm speaking, you know, and I, I, I hear those sermons. I have them on and tape. They, I know what the audience... A week goes uh, by awfully fast. Exactly. The congregation <laughs> went through. So, but doing graduate work in, in, in theater and communication, I said to myself, look, it, I don't want to, um, I want to stay involved in the text. So in 1993, at 40 years old, I started memorizing a verse a day. And I'm still doing it, still reviewing the first two hours of my morning on a weekly scale, all of the verses that I've learned, and then what I've learned from church history as it relates to the calendar date. So today is, you know, spending more time in the 5th century with Augustine. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's part of the sacred interiority, which is, which is part of the... Of, uh, in the medicinal reaction to the addictive patterns of pop culture. What is it that you're memorizing? What is it that inspired you today? What quote? What statistic? What, what, what verse? Yeah. And, and start a, uh, a memorization program. By the way, so, go ahead. No, uh, so it sounds as though they're very attached to, you know, using smartphones. Yeah. Uh, whatever devices they're yeah. using. And you have to help them detach from that. Yeah, yeah. But you don't leave them there. No, you, you want don't. them to no. reattach, reattach, be filled, yeah, and reattach. And in fact, sometimes that can be a quote from a movie, a favorite, yeah, that's a, a favorite a di piece of dialogue, or a, or a play. Our town, as Emily says goodbye to her twelfth. A birthday and has to go back to the grave. Goodbye, uh, 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 Grover's Corners. That is a brilliant piece, uh, that monologue, one of my favorites. And it, I tell actresses who have played that role, that should be memorized and recited for the rest of your days. Yeah. Uh, it's what I call in that, uh, what we call in the, the sacred interiority portion, the importance of everyone having a Shema. And that's one of the earliest things I do in helping people overcome their addiction to pop culture is what's your Shema? And the most famous one, of course, is Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Yeah. Hear, O Israel, the Lord mm -hmm. your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. These commands ought to be written on your, uh, 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 pressed upon your children. Talk about them while you're sitting at home, walking along the road, lying down while you're getting up. 
tie them as symbols upon your hand and bind them upon your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your houses and upon your gates. This was a Shema that was said by uh, the people of Israel yeah. two to seven times a day, long before the printing press, long before books were relatively inexpensive. They said, okay, my Shema, my hero Israel, is going to be something that I say two to seven times a day that it's so important that contextualizes every other category of life. Mm. And that's what the Shema must be. And so I, I ask students, as we're helping them recover from their realized addiction, what's your Shema? Are you sa- memorize it and say it two to seven times a day. So is this like the personal prime directive? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 Uh, yeah, so, I mean, so the, the nation of Israel has a uh, Shema. Yeah, exactly. This is what they are all oriented towards. Absolutely. This is what they share. Absolutely. It's their creed. It's, it's, yeah. and, and it gives context for uh, the joys of life, but also the sorrows of life, the temptations that come upon us that provide context for why we should remain faithful. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's very good. If you're able to call upon uh, those uh, memories, yeah. that, that texts Absolutely. Uh, that you've memorized, that gives you a chance, again, uh, to see something other than what you're being stimulated exactly. to feel exactly. from outside of yourself. And getting you ready uh, for an advertiser. Yeah. 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 I, I like this idea of asking memorable moments yeah. uh, from movies. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, what kind of things do students say? What 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 are some memorable moments for them uh, from movies they've seen? Well, uh, for instance, uh, for me, I can talk for me. Yeah. Probably the most memorable is from Gettysburg at the the charge up uh, up the hill, uh, the, oh, yeah. the battle. Yeah. Uh, incredibly, Ron Maxwell, the author, the 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 director, who I had a chance to, to meet once, and I told him about how how meaningful that uh, charge, uh, uh, that 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 one particular scene. And that would be one, certainly, uh, scenes from Sergeant York, who is one of yeah, my heroes, yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a variety. Of, but students, are, are they generally will have uh, favorite film scenes and favorite videos. One of them is uh, uh, from the song, I'm trying to remember, the, the artist Karma Police. That video is generally the favorite amongst a lot of my students. Really? And uh, Arcade Fire, the band Arcade mm-hmm. Fire, there's a lot of videos that are profoundly inspiring lyrics that are profoundly infi- inspiring that they've subsequently memorized. Yeah. For instance, that phrase, um, working for the church while the family dies, yeah. which, is a, which is a line from Arcade fire uh, um, uh, neon Bible um, that would I would say there are lyrics there that are warranting memorization yeah. and uh, profoundly inspiring to give some context yeah that that's inspirational you can also have the satirical Peter Gabriel's song yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. big you refer to the big big yeah. time big time yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah, the yeah, lyrics yeah. are absolutely yeah, absolutely and, yeah. and speaking of uh, of, of uh, satire my contention is is that you don't understand Isaiah chapter 66 unless you understand satire right. heaven is my throne the earth is my Footstool. What kind of house you're going to build for me? Where's my resting place going <laughs> to be? Right. Don't you remember? I built all of these <laughs> things. Right. So, and so, if That's that inspired, you. Yeah, 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 exactly. If that, if that, if the reading of that and understanding of that text inspired you, memorize it. 
memorize it. And so you can retrieve it on command as circumstances invite you to remind you that the, the prophets, uh, the Hebrew prophets, were the Saturday Night Live of their time in many, many ways. Yeah. That was my conversation with Dr. Paul Patton of Spring Arbor University, whose book Everyday Sabbath is a great help in making us more conscious of how, in a way, we're bullied around by popular culture and by the distractions of the online universe and digital media. It's part of a a longer video podcast that he and I are working on, and uh, we'll have it available for you, of course, at AveMariaRadio.net when we finally complete the whole project. I'm Al Cresta.